Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Marty, and I have the privilege of working with the Grace Adventist Center and Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Churches right here in Adelaide. And uh, Pastor Gary, hey, it's great to be back today with you together here. It's a Wednesday. It is, and this is part two of uh, the Bible study we started yesterday, and to me that's uh, that's a, that's fantastic and that's exciting. It is exciting. We've had a number of comments come in, and and um, it's been just great to see people's enthusiasm, anxious to hear more about this prophecy that we're going to be yeah, looking at, yeah, Daniel chapter yeah, 7. Yeah. Also, had a number of uh, people... Uh, write in and um, and express their appreciation of what Andrew shared yesterday and yeah. his his testimony of yeah. going from I suppose that uh, you know one foot in the world one foot in the church kind of um, situation where um, you know he was battling with addiction with um, with various things. But God has done an amazing work in his life. And you know, how many yeah. times do you actually see that in ministry? You know, to me, one of the incredible blessings of, of ministry is actually being able to see our people transformed. You know, hi, I, I'm, I'm, I just stand, stand in awe. I mean, I, I well remember one particular uh, guy that I, uh, I, I had in my, my church and, uh, I was asked to go and, uh, and visit him. And I faithfully, one of the church members faithfully, I went and visited them and um, uh, when I turned up though he was actually uh, he is out of his mind on dope uh, I could smell it as he, as, mm. as I was mm. entering mm. his uh, his house and he he was good for nothing and uh, I've got to admit I mean I didn't you know I sort of thought oh okay I know where this guy's at all right okay and I, I put him into a a little bit of a, um, I suppose I categorized him and I shouldn't have done that but I, I did do that but my church friend uh, uh, I asked me, you know, how did it go? And so I told, I told them how it went. And they said, Oh, 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 we didn't know that. Uh, and, uh, um, a little while later, uh, I was really, because I didn't actually visit them again, but the church member actually went and visited them. It was, it was fantastic. The next time I saw this, this gentleman, uh, I walked into, into what was my church and I, I looked up the front and here the, uh, the music group was singing and it was really, really good music. And who was there but this guy who had been out of his mind on dope mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, I, I, I hightailed it over to uh, uh, to my church member and I said that's and I named him and uh, she, she had a huge smile on her face. She said, yeah, yeah, that's him. Uh, and I said, he looks just so, so, so different. I said, uh, and it turns out that, that, that she had actually uh, continued to, to visit and share with him. Uh, but you know, to me, Marty, the thing that I, I'm just so conscious of is that, uh, the thing about ministry is that you see the blessing of changed lives. Absolutely. You, you get to witness God actually working in someone's heart. Yeah. And I think that's the power of God's word. You know, there's a quotation that says the same power that was in God's word at creation is the same power that's in the written word, the Bible. Yeah. So yeah. God who speaks life into an empty world speaks 
into our lives and changes us and molds us. And it's just a wonderful privilege to, to do this work, isn't it? And obviously, you visited this gentleman, Pastor Gary, before the days where you had to phone call before you go and visit. Uh, you just look, dropped in. Look, look, it, it, it was so, so easy uh, a few years back. Um, I mean, there were, you know, the, the guidelines that are there now are, uh, are certainly something that uh, uh, certainly weren't there when I was younger. And I've got to admit, I still think that uh, uh, my previous methodology yeah. does continue to, you know, to yeah. stay. Look, 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 uh, there's many of those older methods that I think are very, very, very good. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. um, you know, and sometimes just popping in on someone unannounced is actually is is actually a good thing, because I think it gives you well. First of all, sometimes it gives you an opportunity just to connect, yeah. and um, you know, it's yeah. You kind of see them just just my, just for my, who they my are. comment is that you know, I mean, to me. I, I enjoy relating to my friends and uh, that's what I mean to me I like to think that you know those who are my church members are actually also my my friends absolutely yeah absolutely hey so for our world watch segment today I'm actually picking up with an article that was um, published last year and it's called uh, it was put in the Sydney Morning Herald actually and it's called psychics mostly wrong but you may have seen that coming and it's based off the uh, a 20-year tracking project that was looking at Australian psychics. And, and here's the quotation. Of more than 3,800 predictions made by 207 Australian psychics between 2000 and 2020, just 11% were unambiguously correct, an accuracy rate worse than a random guesses from a control group of non-psychics. You know, they they grabbed, um, they took the predictions to, from TV shows, radio segments, newspapers, and previous issues of New Idea and Women's Day, etc. And, um, you know, it's interesting. Of the 57 predictions about the Melbourne Cup, only five psychics got the winner right. <laughs> Although one one did predict the cup would be won by a dark brown horse in 2004. And indeed, the top five finishes in that race were indeed dark brown. And of course, they're all horses. You know, in some cases, it did appear that the psychics got it right. One accurately predicted a major terrorist attack on an American city in 2001. However... It may have just been a lucky guess because her accuracy across all predictions was less than 5%. Now, Pastor Gary, this for me comes back to an interesting quotation that you shared with us a little while ago, Dr. John Lennox, Mm -hmm. talking about the supernatural, talking about the fact that, you know, the naturalistic worldview, this idea that, um, you know, the, the world is simply governed by the laws of nature. There is no supernatural. Um, that mindset actually believes that telling the future is actually impossible. And um, what's interesting here is that uh, certainly, certainly psychics, uh, you know, in, in Australia, you know, it does appear that... Uh, well, I, I would say to our Faith FM listeners, save your money. Yeah. Save your money. Don't don't bother with this kind of thing because if you want to find answers that are solid and accurate, go to the Word of God. Um, my my wife actually, her grandmother, 
her grandmother was getting into this kind of thing. She was listening to tapes, tarot cards, visiting the psychics, etc. Yeah. She wanted answers. She got a f- knock on her door. And it was a young man selling books, health books and also Christian books. But as the young man was knocking on her door, she was inside with her daughter, who is actually my wife's mum, and uh, they were listening to one of these tapes, one of these, you know, fortune-telling tapes. (laughs) And the young man sort of just... He actually caught a bit of what they were listening to. And so when they came to the door and they started to talk, he said, oh, those tapes sound quite interesting. They started to talk. One thing led to another, and he started to share the Bible with them. And in a matter of weeks, there was a dramatic change. And that's how, um, I, you know, my wife's grandmother, my wife's mum, mm-hmm. and then, of course, you know, my wife, of course, actually became Christians yeah. through that interaction. And so... It's just, uh, it's just an amazing, amazing thing to consider. But, you know, Pastor Gary, when it comes to knowing the future, this supernatural activity, is it possible? Is it possible? Yeah, look, look, this, this, Marty, is one of the, I believe, one of the most important issues that certainly Christian people need to be aware of in the world in which we live today. You know, there is a huge dichotomy at this particular point in time because what's occurring is that on one hand, the world is becoming increasingly naturalistic. In other words, we, we say that the, the supernatural cannot exist. In other words, things just occur naturally. Uh, therefore, you know, the prophecy in the word of God is, is not taken literally. But, on the other hand, you turn around and, and you look at uh, some of the, uh, a lot of the uh, Hollywood movies at the present time. The amount of uh, the supernat, the amount that the supernatural is presented in the, the latest batch of, uh, of, of Hollywood presentations is something that is, you know, t- to me quite frightening. Uh, I, I actually said, I remember when my, my children were growing up, look, there are some things that you, you do not touch. You'll make your, I said to them, you'll make your mistakes in your life. I know that. But there is one mistake I never, ever, ever want you to make. Uh, that mistake concerns uh, getting into the, uh, the dark side, the supernatural, uh, going into t- Tarot cards, go, you know, even watching uh, Hollywood that uh, promotes uh, the supernatural. I said, I've said to them, I said, look, do not do it. Do not touch it. Stay away from it. And why do I do that? Well, look, a lot of uh, Christians have actually uh, forgotten uh, some of the very um, basic um, beliefs that are presented in the Word of God. You know, to me, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 18 is a really beautiful chapter because what's, what's actually occurs there is that God is speaking uh, through Moses and uh, he's, he's talking about how the people are to act when they come into the promised land. When you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, this is uh, Deuteronomy uh, chapter 18 verse 9 and onwards if you want to look in your Bible. Uh, when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. Now what are the abominations? There shall not be found amongst you anyone who makes his 
son or his daughter pass through the fire. Now, what's that? Well, that's the horrendous practice they had of uh, utilising child sacrifice uh, and sacrificing to, to, yeah. to the god Baal. There not, shall not be found amongst you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire or one... Now, look at what else is connected to the in the same category. Or uh, uh, anyone who practices witchcraft or a soothsayer or one who interprets omens, reads tea leaves, uh, or a sorcerer or one who conjures spells or a medium or a spiritist or one who pretends to call up the, the dead. Uh, for all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord and because of these abominations the Lord your God drives them out from before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord of Lord your God. Mm. Now, you know, Marty, one of the things I'm just really conscious of is that, uh, yeah, I... We've all made made mistakes in various areas, but there are some things which, um, in God's view, are so horrendous that the believer is not to become involved with them. Mm. Uh, and you know, mm. to me, as I look at the uh, uh, particularly the uh, the rise of uh, spiritism, particularly in the whole um, uh, movie genre, uh, as I look at the the rise of spiritism in the uh, gaming tech. Technology, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and it's all there. And, and I don't play it, but I do read some of the reviews that have certainly been written yeah. on some of these, uh, some of these things. And to me, I look at that and I say, "Hey, uh, please, mum and dad, please tell your children stay away, do not touch, flee from uh, this stuff because it is dangerous." You know your strong words to your kids when they were young has you know potentially saved them from so much. And, um, you know, I, I, I remember my, my dad actually having similar, similar conversation with me about, uh, you know, quite a number of those kinds of things. And, and when you have this understanding that that's actually, that's actually Satan's ground. That's yeah. where he, yeah. that's his enchanted ground. And if you step onto it, you are opening yourself up to deception. You're opening yourself up to, um, potentially, you know, demonic activity yeah. that uh, that can spiral out of control very quickly. Yeah, yeah. And look, I, I agree with you totally, and this is this is just so important. You know, if there is ever something that I I'd suggest Christians need to be fleeing from. It's this, um, the, the culture of the, um, of the supernatural. Mm-hmm. Of the it, non-biblical, of the non-biblical, non-biblical supernatural. supernatural. Because, you know, you know it, it also brings me to Isaiah chapter 8. Yeah. Isaiah chapter 8 verse 19. It says, And when they say to you, seek those who are mediums and wizards, who whisper and mutter, should not a people seek their God? Should they seek the dead on behalf of the living? To the law and to the testimony, in other words, to the Bible, if they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. And so the answers of life, we don't seek the dead on behalf of the living. To find the answers in life, God says, come to me, seek me, come to my word, seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. And so there's a very clear appeal here in God's word. And I really appreciated that uh, that little article that you started off with actually, Marty, because uh, you know, it was talking about the percentage, the success rate uh, of uh, of these uh, uh, these uh, 
charlatans because that's what exactly what they are. And, uh, you know, to me, I can get a success rate in a prophecy of 50% by flipping a coin. I can do 50%. If mm. Anything below mm. 50% mm. is actually worse than uh, flipping a coin. Mm. Uh, mm. Uh, you know, to me, the thing that I appreciate, though, is that, uh, you know, the Word of God, once I come to the to the Scriptures, I get a 100% success rate. I get it every time. That's the key, isn't it? There is something we can trust and rely on, and that is God's Word. We're going to come to Look, some... Be, be oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can I just have, have prayer? Because I'm, this is such a serious subject that I'd just like Absolutely. to pray for anybody who is struggling with this particular area, because I'm really conscious that only a supernatural God can actually overrule a, uh, a supernatural force that can actually have a hold on individuals. Let yeah, me just pray for them. Yeah. Father in heaven, Lord, I want to pray right now. I just pray that if there's anybody over there uh, who, who is hearing us today, who is struggling with this particular issue, uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, uh, your Holy Spirit might descend upon them, that uh, Lord, if they are, uh, they are bound, if they're held captive, uh, uh, by Satan in this area in some way. I pray that you might give them strength uh, to be able to, uh, to, to, to overcome uh, the, uh, uh, this issue. I pray, Lord, that, uh, uh, that they will be empowered uh, to be able to come to you. Lord, I pray that you might descend on them by your Holy Spirit. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Gary. We're going to come now to a song by Neville Peter, I Will Trust in You. Who can tell the sun exactly where to be? Stars in space out in a galaxy. I have seen the many miracles that happen every day, no one else can do. So I will trust in you who can bear my shame, cleanse my every stain. Joy and into songs of praise. Hallelujah. 
Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Marty and Pastor Gary. And this week we're looking at the theme prophecy and the rise of the Antichrist. Today we're actually going to be looking at the Who is the Dreadful Beast Part 2. And we're going to be digging deeper into Daniel Chapter 7. But today I want to remind our, our listeners that um, we actually have a free book giveaway. It's called The Antichrist Identified, written by Steve Wahlberg. Let me just read you a brief description. Before unmasking the identity of the Antichrist, author Steve Wahlberg carefully lays the groundwork by discussing the meaning of the term Antichrist and pointing out the necessity and importance of studying the Bible for ourselves before he artfully launches into the various biblical factors that identify the first beast of Revelation 13. With that foundation laid, the Antichrist is then exposed using the unmistakable identifying features that are detailed in Daniel chapter 7. With that in place, history then substantiates Everything the Bible reveals with overwhelming evidence. Reformers such as Martin Luther, John Calvin, John Wesley, and others all knew who this Antichrist power was represented in Bible prophecy. If you want to know for yourself, you've got to get this book. If you want to get this book, send us the code SA127. Just five digits. SA127. One two seven. Text that code to our studio number, o four triple eight eight o eight eleven. That number once more is o four triple eight eight o eight eleven, and we will get you your very own free copy of the Antichrist identified by Steve Wahlberg. Don't hesitate. Send us that text today. SA127 is the code to send to 04888-80811. Pastor Gary, we are going to be diving back into Daniel chapter 7. This is one of my favorite prophecies in the Bible because it is just, it, it, it literally was one of the key prophecies that helped me to realize as a young Christian how real God is and how powerful his word is. It's, it has just been proven true time and time again throughout the yeah, centuries. Yeah, look, I, I agree with you totally there, Marty. You know, uh, I know when I was uh, growing up as a, as a young man, I mean, over there in, in Sydney and the western suburbs of Sydney, uh, certainly attending uh, a, a small a small church with a, a small youth group, uh, you know, it was uh, when we actually went into Bible prophecy that my faith uh, was confirmed. You know, I, like most young people, I had many questions. Uh, you know, what, can I trust, uh, what it is that you're actually saying? And I have to admit, you know, I gave some of the, you know, my, my teachers a little bit of a hard time. I mean, we did enjoy in those days, we were actually taught to, uh, debate at the school, at school level. And, uh, I used to really enjoy just being able to ask questions. But you know, one thing I, I, 
I really wanted more than anything else was to be a genuine seeker for truth. Mm. And, and, you know, it's when uh, I came in to understand Bible prophecy that my mind was was literally blown. You know, I, I would say to any uh, any parent today who's bringing up uh, children to be able to uh, to teach them uh, biblical prophecy, uh, to be able to teach them the uh, word of word of God. What do the scriptures actually say? So so vitally mm, important. Mm. Do you know this uh, this prophecy that we're actually dealing with uh, with today comes from Daniel chapter seven, and of course uh, we're picking up from yesterday. So if we've got uh, somebody listening today who wasn't listening yesterday, you might like to go back, and you can go back to our app, and uh, on our app is yesterday's program, and we started looking at this prophecy yesterday. So uh, if you, uh, we're going to jump over the uh, the very early part of uh, this prophecy and we're going to get to the the part that really intrigued uh, the prophet Daniel. Now, uh, let me read you that uh, that prophecy again so that we're all on the same page. Now, of course, Daniel chapter 7, you get a picture here uh, painted by Daniel. Uh, it's a vision that he uh, uh, that he had. Now, it's Daniel chapter 7 and we're starting with verse 1. In the first year of Belshazzar, a king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and the visions on his head uh, were on while he was sleeping on his bed. Then he wrote down the dream, telling the main, pa- the main points of the dream. Daniel spoke, saying, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea, and four great beasts came up from the sea, each different from the other. The first was like a lion. It had eagle's wings. I watched till the wings were plucked off, and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand on two feet like a man, and a man's heart uh, was given to it. And suddenly another beast, a second, like a bear, it was raised up on one side. It had three ribs in its mouth. A bit, they were between its teeth, and thus it said, Arise and devour much flesh. After this I looked, there was another, a leopard, which had on its back four wings like a bird, the beast also, had four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this I saw in the night vision, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth, it was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with his feet. It was different to all the other beasts that were before it. But it had ten horns. And as I was considering the horns, there was another horn, a little one, coming up from among them, before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots. And there was this horn. Eyes were like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking pompous words. Uh, do you know, we, we read this passage uh, yesterday, uh, and, and of course yesterday we we looked at the first three kingdoms there. We started to say, what does this really mean? Uh, let, me, let me do a test for you, for you, Marty. We, we, we said yesterday that uh, uh, waters, uh, what, what do waters represent in biblical prophecy? We're not going to turn to this. We turned to it yesterday. Yeah, if you go to Revelation 17 verse 15, it tells us that the waters which you saw are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues or languages. Okay, okay. And that's so important. You know, sometimes people say, hey, you know, biblical prophecy is hard and difficult. And yet to me, when you allow the Bible to interpret itself, you can get a very beautiful understanding 
understanding of what uh, the prophet is trying to say. Now, Daniel in this beast, um, in this dream, he sees four beasts coming out of the peoples, multitudes, nations and tongues. So our next question, of course, was, and we covered this yesterday, is what is a beast? Well, a beast, of course, is a... Is a nation or a political power. A, a nation or a political power. And, of course, these beasts are formed up as as animals. And we, we noticed that we do the same thing today. You know, we talked about, you know, the eagle represents... America. A, America. Yes. You, you, you've got the, the kangaroo, the boxing Australia. kangaroo. is <laughs> Australia. We, we do it still today. Day. We do. Uh, that's it. This is all that's occurring here. What's occurring? Well, what you're having is kingdoms are coming up out of peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. And we've looked, you know, and as we as we looked at it, uh, what we found was that the uh, the first beast uh, actually was the uh, was the beast of of Babylon because of Babylon did actually use the lion to represent its own nation. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so. Four beasts are coming up out of the earth. Uh, you know, I, I love um, the interpretation because, you know, uh, we've read the dream, but later in the same chapter, and I would encourage our, you know, listeners to go into to Daniel chapter 7 because later in the same chapter you actually get the interpretation. Now, uh, it's it's actually commenced, commences in, uh, in verse, well, that starts in verse 15, but let me come to verse 17. The angel's now speaking to Daniel. He's been, the angel's been commissioned to interpret the dream for the prophet Daniel. And he starts in verse, in verse 17. He says, those are great beasts which are four, are four kings or kingdoms that uh, you can translate either way are four kings or kingdoms which will arise out of the earth here they are the beasts represent four kingdoms now you know back in daniel 2 we saw exactly the same thing take place there were going to be four kingdoms that were going to uh, be involved with the earth but what occurs in daniel chapter 7 is you actually find that we get more detail you see successively in the book of daniel daniel 2 gives if you like a little bit of a skeleton picture of what's going to happen in in history at daniel chapter 7 you get more detail. As you turn to Daniel chapter 8, you get exactly the same kingdoms being spoken about again, but you get more detail yet again. And of course, even in Daniel chapter 8, you get the beautiful picture of kingdoms, future kingdoms being named before they existed. You know, yeah. Medo-Persia and and uh, Greece are actually named. Uh, and this is hundreds of years before they're existent. You know, at the time they're Name. When Greece is named, it's still nothing more than a few city states. It hasn't; they haven't yet been united uh, under a Philip, who was Alexander the Great's father. Mm. You know, mm. to me, as I look at this, I say, "Hey, how how wonderful is biblical prophecy? The scriptures are something that I can trust uh, because of the uh, the, the sheer accuracy." 
100% accuracy uh, every uh, every time. Now, I, I love this, but of course today, what I want to come to today is is in fact the the fourth beast, because we looked at the first three yesterday, and people can go back and, and have a look at yesterday's program, and uh, uh, the uh, the fourth beast, of course, is one that is described in uh, Daniel chapter 7 as a dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong, huge iron teeth, it's devouring, it's breaking in pieces. The fourth kingdom. What's the fourth kingdom? Well, the the first kingdom was Babylon. The second kingdom was Medo-Persia. The third kingdom was Greece. We know that from from history. What was the one that followed Greece? Well, we know which one followed followed Greece. Which one was it? It was Rome. It was Rome. It was Rome. Rome rose. Yeah. After Greece, we know what the fourth kingdom uh, actually actually is. Now, um, let, let's look at this interpretation because, uh, to me, I think this is just so important. I wish to know. You see, Daniel is struggling because he wishes to know the truth about the fourth beast, which is different from all the others. You see, this is a this is an unnatural beast. This one. This is this is different to the other. You know, a lion is a lion is a lion. Yes, the lion had wings, but this one. Is something that uh, is, is mm. he calls it mm. just simply dreadful and terrible. It's something like he hasn't seen before. The first mm. one he can say hey, it's like a lion, but this one I haven't seen it before. I wish to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was uh, different from all the others, exceedingly dreadful, with its iron teeth and its nails of bronze, which devoured broken pieces and trampled the residue with his feet. So what he's doing here is asking the question: What is this fourth beast? The angels come to tell him or what's actually going on uh, and, but he, he's struggling you know, the, he, he sort of got an understanding of these first three but this one what what does it actually mean uh, and the, what do those ten horns mean that were on its head and I'm reading verse 20 now uh, and the other horn which came up before the the three fell what do they mean you know here we've got you know I'm conscious today there are so many people Marty who are confused about prophecy and the reason I suggest that so many are confused is because they do not go and read the scriptures and study the word of God to see what the scriptures are actually saying. How does the scripture interpret this? Uh, and uh, and so the angel comes and listen to this interpretation. And let me just just share it with you. To me, uh, because verse twenty three of Daniel chapter seven. Uh, as I w- well, we'll go from verse twenty-one. As I was watching the uh, no, verse twenty-three. Sorry. Uh, Thus he said, the angel now declares, now starts his uh, his interpretation. The fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on the earth. Ah, here we go. The fourth beast is the fourth kingdom. What do we know from history was the first fourth kingdom? We know that it was Rome, which shall be different. From all other kingdoms. It's going to be different in some way. Now, you know, how was Rome different from all other kingdoms? Well, it's actually different because whereas other kingdoms were replaced by another kingdom, you know, we have Babylon was replaced by Persia, Persia was replaced by Greece, Greece was replaced by Rome, but what replaces Rome? Well, actually, if we go back to Daniel chapter 2, what we find was that the feet, it was going to break up, it was going to some, it wasn't, there wasn't going to be a worldwide kingdom, but in Daniel chapter 7, we're given even more information because it says that at the conclusion, at 
as Rome starts to fall, as it starts to wind down in power, apparently what we get is ten horns start to come from from its head, uh, and then a little horn comes and and somehow subdues those. What's actually going on on there? You know. It's somehow different. This uh, this particular uh, this particular beast. It's not replaced by one power, but what happens is it changes in its form. Now remember, we're talking the kingdom of Rome. It changes somehow in its form. Now, if we read this passage here in verse uh, twenty-four, the ten horns are ten kings who will arise. From this kingdom. Now, this is really significant because what it's, it's saying is that when Rome finally breaks up, ten kings or kingdoms are going to come out of that, uh, of that body. Now, of course, Rome ruled for, for five, three or four hundred, hundred years. But when it finally broke up, how did it break up? Can you tell yeah, us? Yeah, it became divided. It was, a, I mean, Rome was an incredibly powerful empire. I mean, at the height of the Roman Empire, one in five people on earth lived and died under the reign of the emperor. So yeah. it was an incredibly powerful empire which stretched, um, you know, down to North Africa, up to Britain, and um, across, obviously, covered, you know, what, what we know as Europe today. And it was an enormous empire. And, um, yeah, but, but barbaric tribes that came in from, you know, Germanic tribes that came in sort of from the northeast started yeah. to just carve away at this huge kingdom and it carved it up into the smaller nations of Europe, which we actually see today. Exactly. The barbarian tribes were actually called Anglo-Saxon, that was one of them. That yeah, was the, they, the, the they, British people. They became the English. <laughs> you, you got the, uh, the Franks. I became mean, the French. Became, yeah. yeah. As you look, what, how did Rome finally, finally come, come together? Some of them were strong, some of them were weak. Prophecy mm. is telling us years before it happened that Rome is not going to be replaced by one particular power, but rather it's going to break up. And in this prophecy, we actually find that the, uh, the the prophecy says they shall break this kingdom is going to break up ten horns are ten kings who will arise from this kingdom kings or kingdoms are going to arise from it and look at that, that's exactly yeah, West, yeah, Western Europe or the Western Roman Empire that divided did divide into ten ten separate nations and so the prophecy is remarkable in its accuracy here uh, look, it's and, this, and we're remarkable. talking hundreds of years but you know it gets better uh, because it just keeps on going uh, and another shall arise after them he will be different from the first ones he will subdue three kings in other words, he's going to defeat in battle three of those kings, so there's mm. only going to be seven mm. left. Now, what actually uh, uh, took place? Well, you get a power that was different starting to arise uh, around the around the fourth uh, around the fourth century, and of course that is the papal Rome. You see, Rome 
according to this prophecy, is going to change in form. You see, uh, what we what we have is Rome being a uh, a physical power, a political power. But what the prophecy says, another shall arise after them. He will be different. From all the other powers. The others are going to be political powers like the first one, but now we find a spiritual, a, a religious power is going to rise. He is going to subdue or undermine or defeat in battle a three of the powers. Did that happen? Yes, it did. Yes, it did. You see, uh, what, you see, one of the most uh, uh, wonderful um, uh, stories, one of the most amazing stories, is how this prophecy actually came uh, came to pass. And of course, uh, let me share that story with you. Uh, just maybe after our break, let's go to our yeah, break, sure. and, and I'll share that story with you after our break. All right, Pastor Gary, we uh, you've got us on the edge of our seats here, and and uh, we're really enjoying this this study. We're going to come to um, Laura's story. She sings a, a, an amazing song. It's a touching song. It's called Blessings. I'm sure that you'll be blessed by this song. Protection while we sleep We pray for healing For prosperity We pray for your mighty hand To ease our suffering And all the while You hear each spoken need Yet love What if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? What if trials of this life are your mercies in Yes. <laughs> 
Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with uh, Pastor Marty and Pastor Gary. And this week we are looking at the theme, Prophecy and the Rise of the Antichrist. And we're digging into Daniel chapter 7. We've just started to unpack this little horn power. By the way, that, that term Antichrist refers to is, is given a number of different terms in the Bible. You, Paul gives this same identity, the, the phrase or, or the term, the man of sin or the son yeah, of perdition yeah, in, yeah. in Second Thessalonians. This is also the first beast of Revelation 13 and, of course, the little horn of Daniel chapter 7. And all of that is brought out in this little book, just a small book, but a powerful one called The Antichrist Identified by Steve Wahlberg. Now, if you would like to get your own free copy of The Antichrist Identified, this free book, simply send us the text, uh, or send us the code rather, SA127, and send that code, SA127, to our studio number. Our studio number is 04-888-8081. It's a free book. We'd just love to give it, give it away because we know that this will deepen your understanding of this particular subject that, that we're covering. You know, we're doing our best to cover it, but we're limited for time. And if you get this book, this will give you a solid understanding, a solid biblical understanding of who the Antichrist is. I mean, if you go to a local bookstore today, Pastor Gary, I'm, I'm all too aware that there is so much conjecture and the internet yeah, is just yeah. full of all these different theories about who the Antichrist is and who is it this person, is it that person, da 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 And yet, when we come to the Bible, it is unambiguously clear who the Antichrist power is. And it's vital for us to actually know and who this, this is. This is just so important. And can I just, just finish off there? Look, if you want that book comply, I just please encourage you, uh, to pick up this book. Now, uh, if you want that book, it's 04888. 80811 is the, uh, is our text, is our text number, 04888 and the code is SA127. SA127. And guys, we'd love to get this, uh, this book to you. Uh, look folks, I'm just so, so conscious that, uh, you know, if, uh, uh, if you want to have full answers to this question, this is the book that you need to, need to get. Uh, you know, I love, um, the way this prophecy does actually uh, finish and I, I'm so conscious that uh, uh, we must uh, must just finish it off uh, it talks about uh, about this uh, about this beast and by the way Marty you were uh, you were saying there that um, you know there's so much conjecture today about the uh, this Antichrist and you know if you want to just go back you know I've got at home the uh, uh, I think the the original edition of uh, the Westminster Confession uh, and uh, I bought it I bought it some time ago. Uh, you know, if you read the Westminster Confession, which of course was uh, voted by English Parliament back in the 1600s, uh, when uh, when the, the the Protestant Church was was established, uh, very very clearly uh, the Antichrist is identified. You know what they say about there in there. The Antichrist is uh, the. 
papal is the papal church, the, the church of papal Rome. And it's just so clear, uh, in that, uh, that document. You see, the Protestant reformers knew and understood biblical prophecy. And I really appreciate the fact that, uh, you've said that, uh, this, this prophecy, uh, is certainly found in Daniel 7. It's actually also found, it's amplified more in Daniel 8. If you go to Revelation 13, you mm-hmm. find the same mm-hmm. area is being covered, the same ground. In fact, one of the things that I really appreciate when you put them all together uh, is the way in which a time period, uh, that this of, of rulership, uh, is, uh, is identified in this particular prophecy. It's put like this. The saints shall be given into his hand a time by, for a time, times, and half a time. Now, uh, just, uh, in, in everyday language, and we don't have time to go into it right now, a time is a year. A times is two times. Half a time is half a time. How many days is that? There are 30 days in the uh, traditional Jewish, uh, Jewish month. So uh, we know that we're talking about a period here of 1,260 years. You see, what biblical prophecy is saying is that uh, this uh, power is going to have authority for 1,260 years before it is actually, it rises to significance again, uh, before Jesus Christ comes. Uh, but you know, so, so many people have sort of said to me when I've been running prophecy seminars, where does this 1,260 years, where does it actually fit in? Uh, do you know, one of the things that I, that, that, that a lot of people don't realize is how, uh, uh, papal authority was actually transferred from from the uh, from the secular Rome across to papal Rome. You see, there was a transfer that did take place. You see, uh, what a what a lot of people don't don't realise today, and I wish you know history was something that uh, we studied more of. Uh, there was a time when Rome was under attack by the barbarians. The thought was was that Rome was going to fall, and so the uh, the secular Rome actually transferred its capital. It went from Rome across to Constantinople. Of course, that left a power vacuum in uh, in Rome. But of course, at that time, they didn't think Rome was actually going to continue to exist anyway. So it was no real real gift. But who's actually given the power in Rome? Well, actually, it was the Bishop of Rome is actually given power. Now, a hundred or so years later, it wasn't actually formalized at that time. Uh, you've actually got to come a hundred or so years later. Uh, the the Caesar is now ruling from uh, from Constantinople. It's a much reduced uh, empire uh, that he's now ruling over but he's ruling outside of Rome one uh, one of the uh, one of the great uh, Caesars at that time was Justinian, and you know Justinian had recognised that uh, just like today, law had been added along to law and multiplied laws, and uh, the laws for ancient Rome were so were so multiplied multiplied uh, that almost nobody knew exactly where they were. Justinian actually rewrote uh, the entire legal code of Rome. Uh, and uh, this is something that at that time he uh, he actually wrote and you can actually dig this out on the on the internet. He actually gave legal authority 
uh, to the Bishop of Rome. You know, when did that actually occur? Well, it act- it's actually called the Justinian Code. If you're looking for it on the internet, just go uh, onto the internet and type in Justinian Code and you'll find out it actually enacted Orthodox Christianity into law. It placed the, the Pope or the Bishop of Rome as the formal head of Christendom. It was done legally at uh, in the year uh, what was the what was the year five thirty three five thirty three but it wasn't until uh, uh, five uh, thirty eight that it actually uh, came into effect why not well because the city of Rome was actually uh, it was being attacked uh, and it wasn't until the lifting of the siege, siege of Rome uh, that you actually get this being uh, put into put into effect you know what the the Bible prophecy says is that the, uh, the, the, this going to become a kingdom is going to rise up that is different from the first. He's going to be able to demolish three political kingdoms and he's going to have a mouth that's going to be able to speak great things. You know, in, in this passage here it says he will speak pompous words. Another way of saying that is he'll speak blasphemous words uh, against the Most High. Now, what is it uh, to actually uh, speak pompous words or blasphemous words against the uh, Most High? Well, you know, in the New Testament uh, in the in the Gospels, blasphemy occurred when humanity takes on the prerogatives of God. Do you know, I I love that. I wish mm. we had time to dig yeah. into this because uh, that is what uh, blasphemy is all about. Is there a a superpower today that takes on the prerogatives of God? Well, yes. Where is it based? Well, it's based in the city of Rome. Uh, do you know the Westminster Com- Commission, the Protestant reformers understood this reality back in their day. You know, this is something that I, I, I suggest today uh, is something that we need to be looking into very deeply. I mean, some people might say, hey, does it matter? Hey, Marty, does it matter how my sins are forgiven? Do you know, I, I love how the way the New Testament says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. Do you know, the uh, the, the, the yeah, scriptures absolutely. talk about uh, coming to Christ directly. Come to him in prayer and you will be forgiven. Yeah. I, I love that yeah. picture. Uh, do, I, do I need to confess to another human? No, no, that's not biblical. That's not biblical. You know, mm. when human takes on themselves the prerogatives of the most high God, they are committing blasphemy. Yeah. And, you know, as, as, as I look at this, I... Yeah, look, I, I was just going to add to that, Pastor Gary, that, you know, it's, uh, you know, truth is not against individual people. It's, it's, it's against systems of error. And I often ask the question, you know, did Jesus love the Pharisees? And of, of course, Jesus loved the Pharisees. But did Je- Jesus love the Pharisees' religion? And the answer is, is no, he didn't. Why not? Because it misrepresented the character of God and it actually turned people away from God and any and when we deviate from the word of God we end up misrepresenting God friends our time is up for today and uh, I, I hope that you've been blessed and uh, that uh, you've been 
You've been intrigued as we've studied and looked at this prophecy in Daniel chapter 7. May uh, I, I hope that uh, you'll continue to study this, this subject because it is absolutely of vital importance for us living in earth's final days. I want to invite you to join us again tomorrow where pastors Fabiano and Hugh will be discussing the dreadful beast and the rise of the Antichrist. I want to leave you with these words from the Bible where God says to us, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. May you know and walk in the wonderful plan that God has for your life. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.